In the early 1800s, John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to the Red River bottomland in Robertson County, which later became the present day Adams, Tennessee. Bell purchased some land and a large house for his family. Over the next several years, he acquired more land, increasing his holdings to over 328 acres and cleared a number of fields for planting. He also became an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. John and his wife, Lucy Bell, had three more children after moving to Tennessee. The Bells had a very happy and successful early life at the Red River Settlement. But one day in 1817, John Bell was inspecting his cornfield when he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in the middle of a corn row. Shocked by the appearance of this animal, which had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit, Bell shot at it several times. The animal vanished. This was the first documented manifestation of the entity. Bell thought nothing more of the incident, at least not until later, after dinner. That evening, the family began hearing beating sounds on the outside walls of their log home. The mysterious sounds continued with increased frequency and force each night. Bell and his sons often hurried outside to catch the culprit, but always returned empty-handed. During the weeks that followed, the Bell children began waking up frightened, complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. Not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. As time went on, the bells began hearing faint, whispering voices, which were too weak to understand, but sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns. The encounters escalated, and the bell's youngest daughter, Betsy Bell, began experiencing brutal encounters with this invisible entity. He would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly, often leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. The disturbances, which John Bell had his family vow to keep secret, finally escalated to the point that he shared his family trouble with his closest friend and neighbor, James Johnston. Skeptical at first, Johnston and his wife spent the night at the Bell home. Things began peacefully, but once they retired for the evening, they were subjected to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing. After their bed covers were yanked off and James was slapped, he sprang out of bed, exclaiming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity did not respond. The rest of the night was peaceful. 
The next morning, Mr. Johnson explained to the Bells that the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that, quote, the Bible talks about. The entity's voice strengthened over time and became loud and unmistakable. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. Word of the supernatural phenomena soon spread outside this settlement, even to Nashville, where then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in the so-called Bell Witch. John Bell Jr., along with his brothers Drury Bell and Jesse Bell, had fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. A few years later, in 1819, Jackson heard about the disturbances at the Bell home and decided to pay a visit and investigate. As Jackson's entourage, consisting of several men, well-groomed horses, and a large wagon, approached the Bell property, the wagon jolted to a sudden stop. It had become stuck in a muddy creek bed, and the horses were unable to pull it out. At least, that was what the men thought. After several minutes of cursing and trying to coax the horses into pulling the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, By the eternal, boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Bell Witch. Then, suddenly, a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later that evening. They were then able to proceed across the property, up the lane and to the Bell home. That evening, Jackson told old war stories while his entourage set up their tents in John and Lucy Bell's yard. One of the men claimed to be a witch tamer. After several uneventful hours, he pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that it came into contact with. He went on to say that the reason nothing had happened to them was because whatever had been haunting the Bells was scared of his silver bullet. Immediately, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, complaining that he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. A strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region from an invisible foot sent him out the front door. Angry, the entity spoke up and announced that there was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and that she would identify him the following evening. Now terrified, Jackson's men begged to leave the Bell Farm. Jackson insisted on staying. He wanted to know who the other fraud was. The men eventually went outside to sleep in their tents while continuously begging Jackson to leave. What happens next is not clear, but Jackson and his entourage were spotted in nearby Springfield early the next morning headed back to Nashville. Some allege that Jackson later proclaimed, I would rather fight the British at New Orleans than to fight the Bell Witch. Over time, Betsy Bell became interested in Joshua Gardner, a young man who lived nearby. With the blessings of both their parents, they decided to marry. Everyone was happy about their engagement. Well, that is, almost everyone. 
the evil mysterious entity became furious and repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. Betsy and Joshua's former school teacher, Professor Richard Powell, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and had expressed interest in marrying her. By some accounts, Powell, who was 11 years Betsy's senior, was a student of the occult. Ventriloquism, a mathematical genius and well-versed in horticulture and geology. He was secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville, Esther Scott, during the time he lived and taught school at Red River and perceived as a happy-go-lucky bachelor and expressed his unwavering fondness for Betsy Bell. According to early accounts, Powell politely expressed his disappointment with Betsy's engagement to Joshua and wished her a long and prosperous marriage. Betsy and Joshua could not go to the river, the fields, or even the cave they frequented without the entity nagging them. The constant pressure was more than Betsy Bell could handle, and on Easter Monday of 1821, she met Joshua at the river and broke off the engagement. The disturbances decreased after Betsy and Joshua's engagement ended, but the entity continued to express disdain for John Bell relentlessly vowing to kill him. Bell had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year. It grew worse over time. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house, where the malicious entity continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk. He even slapped his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures. Her shrill voice was heard all over the farm, cursing and chastising old Jack Bell, the nickname she had given him. John Bell breathed his last breath on the morning of December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma a day earlier. Immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on their pet cat's tongue. The cat jumped up into the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead by the time it hit the floor. The entity then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace. It burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in all of Robertson County, Tennessee. People attended from miles away, and three preachers, two Methodist and one Baptist, eulogized him. As the crowd of mourners began leaving the graveyard, the Bell Witch entity laughed and sang a song about a bottle of brandy. Her fervent singing didn't stop until the last mourner had left the graveyard. The entity's presence was almost non-existent after John Bell's demise, as though it had fulfilled its promise. In April of 1821, shortly after Betsy Bell had broken off her engagement, the entity visited John Bell's widow, Lucy Bell, and told her that it was leaving but would return in seven years. The entity did return in 1828, just as promised. 
Most of the return visit centered on John Bell Jr., with whom the entity discussed the origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a major spiritual reawakening. Of particular significance were its predictions of the Civil War and other major events, some of which she had missed. The entity bade farewell after three weeks, promising to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. The year would be 1935, and the closest living direct descendant at that time was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. In 1934, Dr. Bell published a book about the Bell Witch, likely to raise awareness of the spirit's impending return. The book contains the first ever account of the alleged conferences between the entity and John Bell Jr. in 1828. The author's father, Dr. Joel Thomas Bell, had allegedly taken notes during the conferences and upon his death passed them down to him. Dr. Bell published no follow-up to his 1934 book. He died in 1945 and is buried in Bellwood Cemetery in Adams, Tennessee. Did the Bell Witch return in 1935 as promised? Some say she didn't, and that if she did, they were not aware of it. But many say she never left the place to begin with. The entity that tormented the Bell family in the Red River settlement almost 200 years ago is often blamed for unexplainable manifestations that occurred near the old Bell farm even today. The faint sounds of people talking, children playing, can sometimes be heard in the area. And it's not uncommon to see candlelights dance through the dark fields late at night. <laughs> Photography is especially difficult. Some pictures taken in the area show mist, orbs of light, and other phenomena, including human-like figures who were not present when the pictures were taken. The cause of the Bell family's torment 200 years ago along with today's continued phenomena in the area, although to a lesser extent, remain a mystery. Welcome back, Ghost and Ghouls, to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as spooky as we were back in the 80s. I'm your ghostly host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other spooky host, Woody Brown. It's finally here, bro. Well, I mean, it's... Uh... 
It's kind of a sad thing, though. Yeah. I mean, Halloween, I mean, literally, I think when listeners listen to this episode, if I'm good Mm -hmm. at math here, I'm pretty sure it's going to come out on Halloween. I think so. So this is the finale to the October Spooktacular Mm -hmm. 2022. And I got to say, man, I am, well, I guess I could say that I'm always excited about our episodes when we're doing them because we're, this is the Bell Witch. Listener, I need you to understand something real quick. Getting close. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this. We've wanted or at least kind of talked about doing or talking about this story on our show since like day one. It's like one of the first ones we scribbled down. Tyler's been wanting me to get into it. And with a lot of these things, I tend to kind of like hold off until it's time to dive in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I like to, I like to learn about it at the same time, you know, as a... Uh, as listeners, but we had, we'd kind of planned on doing this one like weeks and weeks ago. And so I kind of read up on it and, and learned it. Um, and I could not wait until we finally did it. And so now it's finally here. Mm-hmm. It's the finale of the spooktacular. And although Tyler looks more like a zombie mm-hmm. than a poultry guest yeah. right now. Yeah, I do. And he probably doesn't sound that excited either, but he <clears> is. Folks. Yeah. Yeah, let me just sort of uh, preface the the show with an apology for the way that I sound. My entire family got the flu, and this is day four of having a fever, which is weird. My youngest daughter ended up going to urgent care, but all that to say, I'm uh, I'm flying high on Dayquil and Mucinex and all that good stuff, so we should be totally fine and. Uh, we're going to edit out all of the iron lung moments or the black iron lung, yeah. black lung moments, black lung, iron lung, <clears throat> iron lungs, the thing you lay in, I think. Yeah. Well, we had it like a couple of weeks before you just like literally right before we, right before we went to Disney, uh, which was interesting, but I'm glad we're over it. I'm sorry that you've got it, mm-hmm. but um, man, let's talk about the bell witch. bro. Yeah, let's do it. But before we, we get into it, let, let's just cover how this, the, this you know, the quote unquote, and I may be jumping the gun a little bit, but just the way the spirit introduces itself. It says the origin of the Bell Witch is, of course, sort of a mystery, but, you know, depending on where you look or whatever, early accounts say that the spirit stated, I am a spirit. I once was very happy, but I have been disturbed and made unhappy. I am the spirit of a person who was buried in the woods nearby and the grave was disturbed. My bones d- disinterred and scattered, and one of my teeth was lost under this house. I am here looking for that tooth. Weird. Jesus, that's yeah, terrifying. That's, that's terrifying. And also, here's another thing about this story. Mm-hmm. I kind of like read and heard sort of a couple different things about just in general. That's the first time I've heard that at all, well, which is interesting. It seems like that would be forefront and foremost. Yeah. Like, on the top of well, it, everybody's. So this this gets even, and this sort of leans into. I'm not going to say, but this this leans into sort of my thoughts on like what this thing ultimately is. But oh man, yeah, no, no, don't, no, no, don't no, 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 I'm not. But I have my own. Just this other brief thing that it says. It says in another event, the witch claimed to be quote a spirit from everywhere, heaven, hell, the earth. I am in the air. The houses, any place, any time, have been created millions of years. Wow. I also read that it like referred to itself as old Kate bats. Yeah. Did you read that? Yeah, see that's what's weird about it is because it um 
again, I, I'm, I'm holding back because I don't want to like give anything away. But I've, I feel like there's some, some trickster elements here. I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. like na- the narrative kind of like changes throughout. Well, it's strange because like, like we kind of um, said at the, t- you know, at the presentation of the, of the story in general, mm-hmm. it all kind of started or at least is noted to have begun with this weird sort of almost shape-shifting oh, my favorite part. animal mm-hmm. that showed up, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was half dog, half rabbit, mm-hmm. you know. And, <clears throat> you know, let, let, okay, so it's early 1800s, mm-hmm. down south, Tennessee, could this guy have gotten some kind of bad moonshine? I don't, um, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe. But, I mean, from what we know, the guy is... Extremely wealthy. Extremely wealthy, successful. I mean, 328 guys. acres in the middle, uh, you know, 1800s. Yeah, but I like, mean, out in the middle of nowhere, like Tennessee. I, yeah, I feel like... A lot of, that's a lot of farmland, dude. You no, gotta, no, no, it, it definitely is. But I'm saying like back then... It was a lot easier to come by than, you know, than yeah. what it would be like now. But I mean, yeah, yes, he was like extremely wealthy. And uh, how how many kids did he have in all? Because he had like a the family was pretty big. Yeah, I think it was like six or seven. Yeah, right. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, I love it. Just like a lot of these stories. First off, I, again, like going back to like the things that we like and and uh, the things that are like to me some of the scariest pieces of horror really kind of come from this like historical period, you know, because like, and I think a lot of scary movies kind of borrow this sometimes, you know, and like they'll just set it in this early 1800s, early 1900s setting Mm -hmm. because for some reason with the lack of technology and the inability to be able to like warn people in another town or whatever, if you're like a psycho or like just some kind of evil spirit, it's kind of like, this is your prime sort of time period to be around, you know? I mean, oh, around yeah. the same time period, you're thinking like Jack the Ripper. You've got all these like, I say around the same time period, within <clears throat> that like sort of 50 to 100 years sort of range, mm-hmm. you've got these the ability to sort of um, be elusive and not get caught. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it just for some reason, that setting is always like scarier um, well, in I, a way. I, th- I think a lot of the reason is, I mean... Yes, it's like a a period piece. So like, you know that it's harder to fake. In other words, dude. Right, 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 right. But we also got to look at like, and I'm not I'm not saying that this has anything to do with this, but it's like you also kind of have to look at like, you know, there was like the sort of the spiritualist movement, you know, that would that would be around that time. So like, you know, maybe some of, you know, for the skeptics that that want to say like, oh, well, that was just sort of like in the zeitgeist at the time, but I, I don't know. I don't know how much bearing that has. But what I was going to say is I think there's something about that era or that little place in time that just carries like a, like a, and, you know, before up until that point, it carries like this weird sort of like isolation. So yeah, especially here in America, you know, the new world, you know, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like land and territory, but not a ton of people compared to like these other countries that have been, you know, populated long, long, long ago. And so yeah, these people that are like, you know, like like this guy, like Bell. He's he has how many did you say? Three hundred and sixty something acres of 
land just out in the middle of nowhere. And so you think like, yeah, he's probably going to go to town like here and there for, uh, you know, dry goods and, and whatever. But for the most part, they're kind of isolated to this little, their little, their house, their little like camp. And, you know, once the sun goes down, I mean, other than like candlelight and lanterns and stuff, it's, I don't know, something about that to me lends itself Mm -hmm. to being like a lot creepier. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you know, even like if you, I don't know how long it's been, listener, since you've been on anything more than, let's say, like 50 acres, right? But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's even still a lot these days. And if you're just out there, you know, a couple years ago, Myself and my buddy Clayton and his cousin went camping at a uh, a farm pretty close to the Georgia-Alabama state line. And uh, I don't even know how many acres it is, it's, it's on, man. But, we, you know, we kind of drove around the, the property in my Jeep and that kind of thing. And uh, it's still expansive enough to where as we're camping out there, I mean, you do, like you said, you feel isolated. And so mm-hmm. imagining a house built. Now, I'm not sure where their house is in relation to 328 acres mm-hmm. but even still yeah their 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 town wasn't like humongous it was small just to kind of give you some geographical perspective here if if you're not from our area or you don't know where the red river is and all that kind of thing so it's about nowadays what's known as Adams Tennessee uh is about 42 miles northwest of Nashville Tennessee mm-hmm. and it's yeah. about you know, five to seven miles from the Tennessee and Kentucky border. And the Red River, this is interesting now. I mean, again, I know last week I kind of got historical on you guys, and I'm going to get a little geographical here and, and historical here, but the Red River is actually the second largest river basin in the South. Hmm. And for you science nerds out there, it's named for its reddish water color from passing through the red, Blood. what they call the Red Bed Country Watershed. And red beds are sedimentary rocks, typically that consist of sandstone, siltstone, shale that are predominantly red in color due to the presence of ferric oxides. Anyway, pretty cool. But it does span all the way from like Texas, you know, down through uh, southern Oklahoma, Arkansas, and into Tennessee and Kentucky. So it's, you know, it's a pretty cool area Mm -hmm. and uh, just ripe for something spooky like this. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. One thing that I uh, initially, as I was reading about this and how it starts with like a half, which by the way, you know, hopefully by now, if you're listening or if this is the first time you've ever listened to our show, I want, I, I want to make something clear, like whether or not Tyler or myself kind of believes that this uh, entity or this account or this phenomenon is true, isn't really the purpose of our podcast. Really, I, the, you know, in terms of this kind of stuff and really anything that we talk about besides the true fact that, you know, Tim Burton's Batman is amazing mm-hmm. and that, you know, 1989 was one of the greatest years for movies. Bat summer. Yeah. Like we'll put out facts like that, <laughs> but, but this stuff is more mm-hmm. like, this is us just like delivering the story to you because we yeah. think it's interesting and it's spooky and fun to talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm. All that to say, you know, I don't think the spiritualist movement was talking a lot about half man, half rabbit. No. Am I right? And the spiritualist movement is like, at least when I think of it, I think of, you know, more of your... Seances. Yeah, seances, sort of your high society folks would be into like, uh, you know, contacting the dead and like mediums and, and stuff. Like they they became like, you know, super, like some became like really famous, like the uh, like the Fox sisters. And a lot of them were 
charlatans and frauds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it kind of it kind of faded away. But I, 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 I would imagine that like some of that would have at least be in the minds of of some of the people, whether it be the family or sure. or some of the people like around them adjacent to the Bell family. Mm-hmm. I would say it certainly gave them sort of a uh, a way to sort of define some right. of the stuff that was right. going on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and relate to it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if no one had ever heard of aliens, we'd be like, my God, it's a Thunderbird. You yeah, know what right. I mean? So like the fact that it starts with like this shape-shifting thing. So when I was, again, first reading over this, I didn't know much about it. I thought, well, I mean, Tyler says it's really cool. I just wonder if, you know, is it going to be so, – what is it? This, which, by the way, this is, my, that's this one is the, my favorite part of the whole story. What, the half dog half Yeah, rat? just the high strangeness weird part of it. Yeah. Well, when I first read that, I was like, wait a second, dude. <clears throat> I thought this was about a witch, mm-hmm. and I thought this was about – I mean, everybody's going to get ready to make fun of me. I thought it was about there's something that had to do with a bell. Yeah. I'm not even joking. I was thinking Liberty, I was thinking some sort of like artifact that, you know, this energy was coming from and then it was a bell. I didn't realize until I started learning about this story that it was actually their their last name. So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. the fact that this started happening, I'm thinking like, oh man, what do we have here? Is this something, and again, because just like we just talked about with the spiritualist movement, you know, several months ago, I read Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, is this some sort of like cool like oh, area yeah. that, that, you know, this is a lot of acreage. Maybe this is one of those spots. I mean, gosh, it's close to Kentucky and West Virginia and all that area yeah. up there, man, is just ripe for that weird rad strangeness. Yeah, I, did, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you could be, you could be right. And after these messages, we'll be right back. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. 
I don't know, man. It's just interesting to me that that's sort of like what sort of kicks off in this guy's mind mm-hmm. this event. So it never really talks about that animal or creature being seen again from what I could find. No, but a couple things about it that are that are interesting. He So I guess he's out like checking his corn, I think. Yeah. I, may, I may be misspeaking there, but... I th- yeah, no, no, it was corn. It was corn. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's checking his corn, and I think this thing kind of like is up ahead, jumps out in front of the path or whatever, and completely startles him. It's weird because some accounts say that it was like very big, but I don't know if like historically that's something that was maybe embellished along the way or if that's like from his account. I don't know. But regardless, this thing kind of like jumps out. You know, he he pulls out his gun, shoots, and the thing completely vanishes into thin air. Yeah, that's an aspect that I hope you received, listener, whenever you're listening to that. When, when I said that it vanished, mm-hmm. poof. Poof, right? Yep. It's just like it is, which again reminded me of the kind of stuff that happened at Skinwalker right. Ranch. Right. Now, we'll move, we'll get, I promise you, I want to get into theories because it's just completely fascinating. I've got one that I don't think maybe lines up with what you think. It's just something that, like, I thought of that does deal with kind of like the trickster mode. Time traveler. That you're kind of mentioning. No, no, not this time. Well, gosh, I say that out loud. (laughs) And I mean, I could be convinced pretty easily that it was a time traveler. Uh, Also, before you move on, I also found in some of, uh, when I was looking into it, and it never totally. Uh, I, I'm kind of bummed out because it, from what I found, it never really goes into like what they were actually seeing. But it also says that that the kids were seeing like you know uh, strange or unusual types of animals like around the farm at the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. It's like are they? Are they sort of getting like hyped up because of what their dad saw and like suddenly now they're seeing weird animals yeah. or like, I just wish, I, I wish they would have like sort of, you know. Ex- Elaborated a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because like that, that's really interesting to me. It's like maybe, maybe there is an element of that, you know, take the whole haunting bell witch thing out of it. But it's like maybe this, mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, half rabbit, half dog, this you know, theory and throat, if you listen to a couple episodes back, this mm-hmm. shapeshifter thing, maybe that was a totally separate thing. And all these weird, unusual animals that the kids were seeing around, like, I mean, heck, for all we know, maybe that was a completely different phenomenon that was yeah. happening, you know? And I forgot, like, I totally forgot about that. I, I did put in my notes that they, they did report strange animals with strange features in, in parentheses right. I wrote down in my notes here, like cryptids, question mark, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know. Then they also started seeing like, quote, dead man candles or dead man's candles at the edge of the tree line. Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of talked about orbs and we've mm-hmm. talked about will-o'-the-wisps a little bit before and that kind of yeah. thing. And that's what that made me think mm-hmm. of. I, I did read somewhere that they would like see these candles at the edge of the tree line and they never went further than that. In other words, like they just stayed at the edge of the tree line, which yeah. by the way is freaking terrifying. Yeah. Um, because let's just take all the supernatural out of it for just a second and just imagine that it's like a group of just crazy hillbillies in the hills of Tennessee sitting or standing at the tree line with mm. candles just, you know, like, good Lord, man, they're, they're, the hills have eyes. Yeah. Well, well, and that, that was a common, a much more common, uh, you know, because technically this would be like, in Appalachia, you know, so the 
the idea of like what they would call like spook lights or witch lights or like Woody said, Will of the Wisps, that was a pretty common occurrence back then. Like I remember my grandmother talking about them. And, I, you know, it's, it's weird. I thought of this the other day. And I'm not driving away from the dock just yet. But I thought of this the other day. And I remember when my grandmother's like really like straight laced. Uh, she's in her 80s. She's starting to get up there and like, you know, I think a little bit of dementia is like starting to settle in, which is really sad. But I was thinking the other day about a comment that she made years and years and years ago. And I think maybe it was because I had asked her when I used to live there, you know, when I saw like the lights in the loft or whatever, I think I, I asked her, hey, did you guys ever see any lights in the woods or, you know, mm-hmm. like with someone like her who's who's very, very anchored in like reality, I, sure. I would have approached it as like not using any sort of paranormal terminology. I remember asking her and, and I cannot remember like like the reference, but it was something about like her dad who, I mean, he would have lived, like, up in the mountains, like, you know, up in mm-hmm. north, north Georgia. And there was some, like, some some term that she used where, like, something about, like, like yeah, he used to see, like, fire, what they would call, what the old-timers, which, I mean, her saying old-timers, that meant, like, right. her grandfather and dad, they used to talk about seeing, like, what they would call fire on the mountain. Man. And I it just pops into my head the other day, and I was like, man, I've, like, before... Before it gets bad or whatever, like I need to reach out. You got to go talk to. Me. Yeah, I need yeah, to, I need to get, yeah. But anyway, all that to say is like, rumble, rumble. all that to say is that like spook lights, witch lights, will the whips. That that was a, a fairly common thing back then. Yeah. Another thing about this entity. So you mentioned that it, you know told them that there's like bones from all over that it comes from all worlds. Which again, man, now that you meant you're the one that mentioned time travel this time, <laughs> but I agree. Okay, but like they also started hearing like. This, just like last week's episode, I feel like has a bunch of those moments where we're going to say like each one of these individual elements make it completely terrifying and interesting in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So again, they would see these strange creatures, uh, you know, strange animals with strange features. They started seeing these dead man's candles around the tree line. They started hearing doors knocking, chains dragging, rats gnawing on bedposts. Mm -hmm disembodied voices of this woman who referred to herself as Kate, apparently. And this voice then described its intention to kill this John Bell, but then also targeted this Betsy. And the witch, which that's what I'm just going to refer to her as from now, the witch would like torment her. And also I've, I've, I've read that it would also act like a possessive mother toward her. Mm. It is weird that they that whatever this thing was sort of soloed out the parents as like, as like, well, I don't want to give it away, but like, yeah, but like, <clears throat> go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I, I was just going to say it's, it's interesting though, because she seemed to like, or she, I say she, but like they, the, the spirit or whatever this thing is seemed to kind of take a liking a little bit to Lucy and John Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. I got some ideas on that, bro. Mm. All right, let's talk about, you know, like you were just kind of saying, it's interesting that she had this like negative interest, so to speak, in John Bell mm-hmm. and Betsy and then sort of had, you know, I don't know about a fondness, but like at least didn't treat Lucy Bell and John Bell Jr. 
negatively for for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about it at the top. So Betsy, you know, planned to marry a guy named Joshua Gardner, who was like a neighbor. And for whatever reason, the witch would like torment Betsy and Joshua, no matter where they went, man. They would like frequent like these, you know, you know, they would have little spots. Look, we don't know what they were doing. We're not making any assumptions here. Mm-hmm. But they were youngsters. They were in love. They were going to get married. They're kind of just walking around talking about life maybe. Maybe sometimes they get tired. Mm-hmm. Lay down a plank uh, uh, thing by the river and just want to like, you know, talk about the clouds or whatever. Pull their car into they, a special in, special parking spot. They don't have a car yet. It's in the 1800s. But you know what I'm <laughs> saying. Thing. Wagon. They're there for whatever reason. They're constantly, Necking. constantly being tormented. Their neck, which is just the it worst. It is so term weird. Ever. Can we talk about that for a minute? What is that? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've never totally understood that terminology. But that being said, I can't wait until my kids are teenagers, so that when they have their like friends over, that they have a crush on or whatever. I'll just be like, okay, kids, I'm going to walk out of the room, but we'll have no necking in here. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Really kind of expect a little bit more of a laugh on that one. I'm I'm trying to hold back a lot of the laughing because I know it will erupt into a lot of coughing. Okay. So anyhow, they're constantly tormented. Imagine just being this guy, right? Mm -hmm. You're starting to date this girl. Things are going well. You know, she's pretty. She comes from a wealthy family. You can kind of just see your future. You're like, man, I can start working on this land and someday, you know, Mm -hmm. can raise up my kids on this land and, and just the family will grow and it's going to be good. And then all every single time you're around this girl, you guys start hearing voices, chains dragging, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, it, it would just be just terrifying. And some of the ways that these people were tormented, man, oh yeah, really kind of take it to the next level. This business about being slapped in the face in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. Not to mention when poor John Bell, it sounds like, you know, you read these things when he's like, he's having a difficult time swallowing. Half of his face is numb. You know, it's hard for me not to imagine the guy suffered a stroke here. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know the cause of that, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's got a stroke. He's got difficulty walking. And apparently the witch just like pulls his shoes off while he's trying to walk around. I mean, dude, yeah, this guy's getting tortured, man. Well, and it also says like, and, and it uses the word relentlessly, that they were struck, pinched, and having their hair pulled. Which, Good Lord. I mean, just imagine, I mean, and, and, you know, as we all know about these things, like at night is when it all like ramps up. So imagine like every night you're just laying in bed and suddenly your hair is yanked or you're, you're slapped in the face. It's like, God, like what a horrible life. Yeah. One thing that is super interesting to me as well that we didn't really mention yet is, you know, look, I'm thinking it's hard to imagine that it's mid 1800s. Mm-hmm. It's in the South. There's a lot of acreage. These folks were uh, slave owners. And one thing that I read were some of the enslaved workers of of the property started complaining about stuff too, man, Mm -hmm. and started having interactions with these like disembodied voices sometimes. And I loved when I read this because I thought, oh, our buddy Tim Marshenko is going to love this. So they started hearing these disembodied voices that would mimic family members' voices. It is. And give warnings about John Bell, even saying stuff like Mr. Bell is a bad man Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the more attention it was given, the more curious came to interact with it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the louder it would become. Which is pretty common. You know, it's like like there's an element of whatever this thing is that like they feed on attention and like 
intent and like thought. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, we always talk about like tulpas and all that stuff. I think yeah. I think there's yeah. some sort of I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know how to like sort of pinpoint the two, but I feel like there's like clear mm-hmm. correlation between the two. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of <clears throat> relationship with. Mm-hmm you giving mental energy and attention to right. whatever it is and then it manifesting stronger and more often or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I mean, you know, you could also argue, especially on the skeptic side of all this, mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, the second that I wanted to to get a Jeep, well, now I start seeing Jeeps everywhere. Yeah, I think it's called, it's you know? pareidolia. Yeah, so, it, there, you know, maybe it just kind of like you talked about the the youngsters maybe spotting or identifying strange creatures well maybe they're just seeing normal creatures right, right but because they're spooked and on edge they felt like they were abby normal <laughs> well it, that's a little uh young frankenstein uh joke for you guys that like mel brooks go ahead well it also says betsy drury and john began to hear unaccounted for knocking on the doors and windows they would hear the sound of like wings flapping against the ceiling and the sound of the rats gnawing on the bedpost which uh, we'll we'll get back yeah, to that. You live out on a farm. Yeah, yeah, know. we'll get back to that. But m- more disturbingly was they would hear the sound of choking or strangling. And then, Yikes. like Woody said, chains dragging and heavy objects hitting the floor. Sounds emanating. Uh, this is crazy. Sounds emanating from the bedroom as if beds were suddenly and roughly pulled apart, to which was added the sounds of fighting dogs chained together, making the noise no. deafening. I mean, you know, sometimes... I mean, my th- my thing with like the rats and like even the flapping of wings on the ceiling, like, it, I, I mean, I'm by far not a skeptic, but d- I could see how that would that could be. Those could be, yeah. You know, you could explain yeah. that way. But I mean, yeah. a lot, you know, the knocking like sort of mysterious, like knocking on the doors and windows and stuff, like, yeah. And again, it kind of t- goes back to Tim Marchenko. It's like maybe it wasn't necessarily you know, calling you, but it is kind of baiting you to go over to the window yeah. or and that's, answer the door. And that's the part that, that really is the scariest to me. Right. Because even in folks, we, we say it almost not every episode, but so very many, you got to go check out Tim Marchenko's book. Mm-hmm. You can get it on Amazon. I promise you, he's not a sponsor of the show. He is a friend and a listener, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't believe it, you need to read this book. It is fascinating. It's so well written. Yeah. And it really kind of one of the primary things that it made me think of is just like being in a situation where you hear, you think you hear anyway, the voice of a family member calling to you, mm-hmm. whether it's to come check something out or for help. There's not very many of us here that would just like ignore it, right? right. And so the fact that there could be an entity, a creature, something that can do that is freaking terrifying, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I think it's equally terrifying whether you're you're looking at it as like, okay, well, is this, uh, w- which I think Tim illustrates beautifully in the book, is that like, okay, well, maybe maybe this is a tactic of some sort of, you know, we're we're talking in terms of like, very sort of spiritual, ethereal things uh, as far as like the Bell Witch is concerned. But, it you know, even just the idea of like, oh, maybe it's some sort of like primate or animal that we haven't discovered yet that's mm-hmm. like 
able to mimic and do these things. Like a parrot or something. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. as scary almost, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. bizarre. I tell you what, you know what? I'm going to get crazy here. The first person that messages us on Instagram at That Would Be Rad, you message us mm-hmm. and I'll send you a copy of the book. Whoa. The first person that does it, after you, as you're listening now, message me or message us and I'm going to send you a copy. Holy cow. Boom. That's it. That's how I roll. Well, I mean, I, it's great. It's Halloween. It, it is a it is an amazing book, especially for this season. It is awesome. Tyler still <clears throat> has my. Copy. I was going to say, I <laughs> hope you're not planning on giving him your copy because <laughs> I have it. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do want to. I do want to uh, talk about a couple things that you know. This all didn't just go away quickly. You know, so many of these accounts. It's kind of like a somewhat temporary thing. And it goes away. This ha- this lasted for several, several years. Mm-hmm. And people would kind of come around because they're interested. And we mentioned Andrew Jackson, which is just it's wild amazing, to me dude. There's that connection there. Yeah. But also there's this local guy named Frank Miles who was this like, they described him as like seven foot tall, 300 pound oaf of a man, not scared of anything. And he came to the house and he came to visit and left terrified and just was like, nope. And just... Yeah. Got the heck out of Dodge, which is, I love when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, me too. And again, man, it goes back to what I said. This is part of the reason why, not that it's more believable to me, just the fact that it's like scarier for this to have happened during that time period because it's way harder to fake. Now, could someone have, especially with 17 million children, (laughs) could someone have just like faked that and all Mm -hmm. that? Sure. Yeah. Maybe it was, I don't think it was Mr. Bell. No. You know, this is a successful guy who's an elder at the local church. He doesn't want to call this kind of, all this evil stuff happening on his land. Mm -hmm. He's not just growing corn for the fun of it. Right. He's not just growing corn just to feed his family. This guy's trying to sell things, Mm -hmm. right? He's a businessman. Mm -hmm. Now he's got like these evil things happening. You think that's going to bode well for the crops that he's trying to sell? Well, but but, but also I think think a really interesting thing about this story that, that sort of sets it on its own, like sets it apart and sets it as its own entire thing is like, you know, family members and, and other things like they would have these like extremely long interactions with, it's not just like a, oh, we saw some weird stuff. And then there was some like, we heard some like knocking on the doors and windows and then that was it. It's like, no, these people are like this, this thing was able to repeat, you know, you said up top, it's like, it was able to uh, recite perfectly two separate sermons, like like church Christian sermons that were like 12, you know, they were given on the same day that were 12 miles apart from each other. So I'm guessing like, I think one was at a church, one was at like a, like a tent revival thing. Thir- 13 miles apart. Oh, 13 miles apart. But it's like that's... Which makes it even spooky. Yeah, uh, on a Friday. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just that idea that these people are having like intimately long encounters with these things. And that's something that mm-hmm. you, you don't see that, that a lot, you know? No. And the physical, like the, the slapping of the face and the, the shoes being pulled off of his feet while he's walking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, could it have been some sort of over-exaggeration for their, you know, unfortunately, dad that had had a struggle was just like fumbling all over himself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sure. But again the motive and that's kind of what we're, I'm going to talk about in my theories is what would be the motive here for 
something for people, someone or anyone to just fake this. Yeah. But like the hymns and the quoted scripture and the mm-hmm. the more sort of like biblical knowledge that this thing that's has the, is just um, that that's, that's weird, man. So let's talk about yeah. The, I, <laughs> let's talk about how weird the name Drury. Yeah, is. Drury Go is ahead. a weird name. No, no, no. Before you before you continue, that that's something that's always like been like so scary to me is that idea that like uh, I can't remember like what movie this is from. I, I'm sure it's like a movie or a book where it basically says that like oh well of course they're able to speak you know scripture and. Bible verses and stuff. And it's talking about like demons and it's saying, of course, they're going to be intimate with that because they were around when it was like creating. Yeah, dude. That's even. Yeah. Or yeah, happening. Yeah. That's so. It's kind of like this, man. It's like, imagine you, it's like somebody, I don't know, describing moments in time that happened in high school, right? You might not have been Mm -hmm. friends with those other people. But you can kind of describe mm-hmm. sort of some of the events that happened and just be like pretty Yeah, well, you're adjacent yeah, to them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, golly, that's, that's some that's scary, scary stuff, man. dude. Well, well, and also I think there's, there's something scary about it because, and I've heard a lot of accounts of this with like demonic possession and that kind of thing. But because I, I guess we, when we think of like this kind of stuff, and I'm not saying like what this is, is yeah. particularly like that or demonic or whatever, but it's like when we think of these like sort of uh, overtly like evil or dark like entities and these things are causing like pain and harm yeah. and stuff, we think like, oh, well, the darkness is fought with the light mm. and, you know, I'm holding a crucifix out and mm-hmm. that's going to like fend them off. And, you know, if I say this Bible verse or if I recite this, uh, this prayer, it's going to like dispel these things. And it's the idea that like, and, and I guess that's where like the spooky part is for me is the idea that no 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 these things are also reciting those same things yeah. and, and they're just fine yeah they're not like, phased by that's it, super scary it's kind of like yeah, those right. vampire movies where like they hold up a cross or something and nothing happens and they're like ha, ha, right ha. right then it's like mm-hmm. oh man wait a second now i thought this was this is the way that i'm supposed to defeat you guys and it doesn't even work mm-hmm. yeah dude that's yeah that's terrifying okay i want to talk about yeah. how like the whole thing surrounding john bell's death and stuff no matter which way you slice oh, it. R- real quick, I know I'm horrible with interrupting, but... We will return after these messages. There's something out there waiting for us. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. I, I also found that uh, it was able to recite verses in Latin, mm. which is like boy, next level. It is. It kind of does a little number to my theory, but because hmm, that, would, that would imply some education. Yeah. No. Well, but, but I mean, again, if you, if you take it at its word... Uh, well, you know, I meant like basically if, if there said, was like a, if it was like a hoax, it would imply that whoever the hoaxer was. Oh, right. Been educated, right. Which I'm not saying that's my thing. Well, but I mean, it, if you believe it at its word, yeah. uh, a spirit from everywhere, heaven, hell, and earth 
and I was have been created for millions of years. It's like, yeah, oh, man, I don't. That's so scary, dude. Yeah. Man, I, it's just that oh, ancient. Oh well, yeah. All right, let's talk about the circumstances that surrounded his John Bell's death. So, on, on the surface, at first, you know, again, reading it for the first time, I thought, okay, but the poor old guy, you know, died. But the fact that they find this like vial of liquid, strange black mm-hmm. liquid or something is what they, I think they talked about it next to him. And then I got to say, you know, God, I got uh, a number of cats. And I think I said this on the show, but certainly Tyler and I have talked about it, I think on the Patreon, but, you know, showing my son stranger things and the fact that like the first time that he like gets sad in that show is when Dustin's cat dies mm-hmm. to hear that they're just like, oh, I wonder what this stuff is. Give the cat some. It, that just sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. But okay, the fact that it like jumps in the air, rolls over midair, and then just dies immediately. It's like, okay, well, this is poison. And then he throws yeah. this vial into the fireplace. And then again, man, all these people are hearing this voices. Like the fact that it's just, you know, the entity exclaims in this room full of people, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. What? Like, yeah, well, I didn't understand that. What did that, that mean? That means like the witch said that out loud for all to hear, claiming essentially that she was the one that poisoned him. I read too. Oh, that was when he died. Yeah, when he I, died. I thought, holy cow. They also heard like, laughter, singing. And listen to this, dude. At his funeral, man. And I, and I think, you know, we talked about this up top, but I just want to reiterate this here. At the funeral, people heard laughing and a song being sung about a bottle of yeah. brandy that didn't stop until the last person who was there yep. to mourn or in, you know, in the uh, ceremony or whatever had left mm-hmm. the graveyard. They heard the song the whole time. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, and, and, I mean, that's the, that's the definition of insult to injury. Yeah, and you're telling me nobody was like, where's that sound coming from? I'll tell you what they wouldn't mm-hmm. been able to pick out was a dadgum Bluetooth speaker because it was a time traveler. Anyway. Hey, there you go. Okay. Uh, one thing, uh, since we're going into like crazy theories, maybe it's black goo. Do you know about black goo? Um, I know what black goo is in Dungeons and Dragons and perhaps there's some similarities, but why don't you tell me about it? Well, I mean, this could this this will eventually be its own like thing. But like in like ufology, especially in like the '90s and stuff, there was this idea that like people were able to see this like this stuff that was like called black goo, and even down to this conspiracy theorist guy who I mean, he kind of went off the rails. This guy named Max Spears, he was on this uh, this radio or this like television show in Poland, this American guy, and talking about all this stuff. And like, as the show went on, it was like he, he started, you could tell that like, he was like becoming more and more like intoxicated or more and more like, like out of it. Like as the show progressed, which, you know, I don't know, maybe he took what? something like right before it started. Yeah, yeah, it's real weird. And you can like, uh, can you and then watch this? This is like a thing that you watch like happening online. <clears throat> yeah, I'll have to find it. God. I mean, this I is like this, this is like on a newscast. Is that no, what no, no, no? It doesn't show him dying okay. on the air. No, this is but this is like deep, pretty deep conspiracy knowledge okay. here. But after 
He got done with the show. I think he went back to like his hotel room or I can't remember again. Like we'll do another show on this, but like uh, ended up dying. And then they found him and he had this like black liquid pouring out of like his ears and his nose and his mouth. Whoa. And and he had talked about like black goo being this like, I mean, conceptually it's pretty wild, but it's like this idea that it's some sort of like extraterrestrial stuff that is like, I mean, I guess you can look at it almost as like, like Venom, you know, Spider-Man, Marvel Comics. Yeah. Where it's like, it like, it is a way for like extraterrestrials to like communicate or like control things, almost like. Oh, yeah, okay, so like I they, guess the way you, they get inside of them, they control that person, <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. and then only maybe some sort of like symbiotic relationship, or maybe even parasitic. Right. Wow. Well, yeah, and that the parasitic is the 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 key is it's like so from what I gather, what it is, it's like basically imagine you come in contact with this, or you're injected, or somebody gives it to you in your food or, or whatever. Now it's in you so all of your thoughts everything that you say is all like transmitted almost like a spooky action at a distance Mm -hmm. style so your all of your thoughts and everything are able to be heard or seen from like another location yeah Boy, I never thought we'd be talking Me about neither, black man, goo. Wow, that's Bell pretty cool. Witch Definitely different than yeah, the black and, and so, uh, so, slime that I was talking about from Dungeons and Dragons. It basically just engulfs you and, and can digest you right there. But go ahead, go ahead. Oh wow! But no, so it, but it also works. I think as like sort of like nanotechnology, where it, I mean, it can just it can just flat out kill you. Also, so yeah man that's black goo wow that's interesting and so maybe that maybe, was very poorly done no no no. but maybe he had a file of this stuff next mm-hmm. to his bed so i don't know i don't know man once it starts getting into john bell jr and like the promises of the witch you know coming back and and or i mean just like anything that john bell jr said about it like well it promised it would come back 107 years and, and mm, you know mm-hmm. And then the fact that it visited John Bell Jr. seven years later and, you know, stayed with him for however many, like three weeks. Once it gets to that point, I'm kind of like, I don't know what's happening here. But I think it is time for us to start talking about theories. Okay, love it. Are you down? Oh, I can't wait. This is what I've been waiting on. Uh, Real quick, before we move on, um, we should also say that there was was an element of this where, so Lucy Bell, which would would have been one of the... she one of the is the wife. Oh, it was wife. the wife. Okay, yeah. It, uh, so Lucy Bell and then John Junior were left unharmed for the most part. It said that the spirit claimed that Lucy Bell was, and then quote, the most perfect woman living, uh, and the witch showed a great deal of compassion toward her, even caring for her and singing to her when she was ill. And then it says, and then this is what I meant by like these long, intimate, like encounters. It said. John Jr. had commonly had long, intense conversations with the witch, but he never failed to show his animosity for it, declaring it to be the spirit of the damned. So I think that's a a really weird kind of thing. And then also there's another element about this that's sort of bizarre. And I I don't, again, it's, it's high strangeness, so I love it, but I don't know where it fits in. So one of one of like the family slaves named Dean 
stated that he encountered the witch several times and that it appeared frequently in the form of a large black dog or wolf, sometimes with two heads, sometimes with no head. This is where it's sort of like, okay. Dean also claimed to be turned into a mule and attacked several times by the witch. He carried with him at all times an axe and a witch ball uh, that his wife made uh, to protect him from the witch's influence. So a witch ball was like a, almost like a ward or like a... Like a, like a talisman of some sort? Like a talisman of protection type thing you would carry around so that witches couldn't, like, Dude, so get in D&D, your mind. Like, and, everything just turns into D&D. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Ring of protection. Yeah, um, but I just I just had to say that because, like... The, yeah, yeah, I completely forgot to talk about D&D. They're bizarre, yeah. but, like, I think it's they're worth mm-hmm. noting them. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there was a couple other things, too. Like, in Hops, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, there was, like, coal thrown and then, like... Some a place called like the Hickman House, or, or, or something that? like where uh, not the Hickman House, the Hickman. Well, wait, do, real however. quick. What, what what is the part about this that, like, I I guess I don't understand. So from like, th- so this is it, the research is like so sprawling. Like, yeah. it talks about like the story continued to Tennessee. Yeah, South. That's Carolina. what I was. Ta- yeah, that's what, what I was that? talking what? about. So, like, I don't know, man. It start after all this happened. It kind of like the, I guess, sort of like, like the, the descendants the kind mythos, of spread out. Uh, yeah, the the mythos of this witch kind of like spread into nearby communities, and that spread further. And so there has been like stuff like this thing in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, where like these people bought a house. Then in the middle of the night, all this like coal was being thrown around. Uh, on the outside of their house and then also like on the inside of the house. Dude. And so immediately they blamed it on the Bell Witch. Um, Dude, this is, I mean, you know what you're talking about. Is this the, I wrote it in my notes and I, Dude, the Kelly Hopkinsville. This is what it says in my notes. Are, is this the Hopkinsville goblins? That's exactly. I mean, what are the odds that this story would be you know uh, somehow intertwined somehow intertwined with the kelly hopkinsville goblins which i think was like 1967 or 68 where basically this this really rural family you know kind of like regular country mountain folk were kind of invaded over the course of like an entire night and i mean we're talking like the the sons and the and the husband like like firing off like shotguns like running through all their ammo like all night long and these things are like hopping out of trees and like rolling around on the ground and flying up into the air and like Dude, bullets are like it's weird what so you said this this happens like in the 60s the thing that i'm talking about mm-hmm. 1890 bud yeah. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's Weird. that's crazy, man. Listen to this, um, uh, and you, you know, I'm 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 sure because I was a little curious of this, and I can't believe I hadn't mentioned it yet. I'm wondering, what about the descendants now? Where are they? What do they think about it all? Do they even think anything about it? Are they public about this? What I found was that, uh, listen to this, dude. This is nuts to me. 2018, dude. 2018. Mm. A descendant named Bob Bell started reporting this like poltergeist activity uh, in his home. He does not live in this old school land or whatever. He just started reporting like weird stuff started happening. As he's going through things in his house, 
because mm-hmm. he basically said that like, and I don't have it all right here in front of me, but basically he was saying that like, I, I figured that maybe something that I had had to be tied to that old family house. Well, he finds this freaking old family Bible. Now, uh, listener, ooh. if you're not from the South and, and, and or like a hardcore old school, multi-generational sort of like Christian upbringing, you might not know sort of the tradition of like the family Bible, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's an old, I mean like old tradition mm-hmm. that essentially, you know, for some people like goes back hundreds of years where there is a Bible in the family and you would like, there's a, um, sometimes in the front section, there's like a family tree that you would fill out and pass it down generationally. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's what this is talking about. So he finds this old family Bible and no is just like, I don't, you know, this is in the Bible, but he takes it out of the house and the activity stops completely. No way. That's yep. great. That that's is crazy, awesome. Uh, correction, the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins was on the night of August 21st, 1955. So I was... But still, man, about, that's not 1890, you know? I mean, that's interesting. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely. I, I, do, I did find it interesting that you said that it sounded like things were being like thrown around yeah, like yeah. on the outside and the inside. That was exactly yeah. what was happening Weird, with the dude. Kelly Hopkinsville gobble. And see, I purposely, well, not really purposely. I, I just didn't dive into the Hopkin, Hopkinsville thing because I knew you would know it. And I knew just mm-hmm. like putting that in my notes, you know, it would trigger trigger this whole thing. All right. Man, I really so, do want to dive so into cool. what is going on here. Yeah, so I have it. some ideas. First, let me take the, well, I'm going to take an approach this time around of, for a second, I am just going to pretend like I am wiping the table clean. Like it's not a poltergeist. It's not Mm -hmm. anything sort of spiritual or paranormal, okay? Mm -hmm. If it wasn't, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying if it wasn't, then what? And here are two of my sort of Columbo theories here. The -hmm. first one is, a lot of, we, we talk about this, I think we talked about it last week a little bit or in one of the episodes previously, but certainly we have before talking about a lot of the voodoo and hoodoo kind of cultures and stuff mm-hmm. being brought over on, you know, and, and being a large part of the, uh, the slaves' lives uh, until they were converted to Christianity or whatever. But still, even still, there was like pieces of that culture still present. And so I think potentially some of these slaves potentially were using these like stories and, and planting strange sort of creature stories and, and all this mm. to potentially poison their enslaver <clears throat> and get the heck out of Dodge. That's one mm. sort of like surface level, very quick sort of like, oh, the butler did it. You know what I mean? What, but, what is the, we've already covered this one time and I think it ended up being like a total urban legend, but like, isn't there like a story where, Similar kind of thing where, like, one of, like, the family, like, the nanny, like, one of the slaves ended up, like, poisoning, like, a pie or something. Um, I don't know, I can't remember. I feel like we covered it maybe on the Marie Laveau episode. Uh, Anyway. That's weird that you say that because, never mind. I don't even, that's just dumb coincidence. Uh, What? What are you talking about? Well, Ann and I are rewatching Game of Thrones or whatever, and I couldn't remember if. Courtney just started it, too. What I do? Oh my God, dude! My parents. Oh, like now, now. But listen, now I got to tell you, 
have, have I talked about this on the show too, or is this just something that I've t- talked about with folks in general? Like, it's very difficult for me to recommend a show like Game of Thrones to my yeah. folks because Same. you know, if you've seen Game of Thrones, like, there's tons of nudity, a lot mm-hmm. of violence. It's just like overtly sort of sexual in a lot of you know to me. And look, I'm not complaining about. I'm just going to put this out there and forgive me for being crude if you if you think so. I'm not going to complain too often about seeing naked lady. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, so don't you know don't get it twisted as they say. But like to to like recommend something like that to my folks who are very like yeah. conservative and and mm-hmm. you know respectful people, respectable people. It was just difficult, but yeah. they. We were eating dinner with them and they're like, oh man, we started this new show called House of Dragons and it's pretty cool, but like, I don't really know what's, I'm like, what? You guys got to watch Game of Thrones, you know, that's the, and I forewarned them, hey, there's a lot of nudity in the first season and yada, 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 but if you can just get through that and they just really concentrate on the story, the story is just incredible, except for the last season. Anyway, oh, they're like, God. oh, okay, dude, they binged, they're done. Are they? Done with it. They done wow. with it. They binged That's, it so much and so fast that, that like amazing. they're obsessed. But anyway, all of that to say, mm-hmm. I thought there was like some scene where like someone gets vengeful and then they like serve the enemy their own like somebody like a meat pie. And it's like Oh. Yeah, that am I, what am I thinking of here? Is that Game of Thrones? I don't I know. know. Exactly anyway, man, we're getting about. real off the rails. Yeah, here. yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. Oh, by the way though, uh, while we're in the boat driving from the dock, um, the there's more synchronicity. The fact that you and I both, uh, you finished it. I'm like over halfway through, but we both watched Barbarian this morning on our own accord. Mm-hmm. And man, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, yes. And we're not going to talk about it here okay. because I'm going to get into my other theories here. So first theory, maybe those that were enslaved were trying to be free and so they were poisoning this guy. And 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 then, I, I'm, dude, I'm just saying 320 acres is a lot of land yeah. to manage. And I don't have this number, but I would presume that he probably had a l- lot of slaves. And that, you know, if you had, let's just say, I mean, dude, in the hundreds probably, honestly. Uh, I mean, I didn't really see anything, but I mean, he... He was super wealthy, so super wealthy. Eighteen hundred Tennessee, definitely, dude. But well, but I, I, what I'm saying is, I don't know that he was like plotting all of that land per se. Yeah, maybe or, like, not. Maybe not using it as farmland. He, but he's going to at least have like ten. We'll say he's going to have enough people years. to like knock on the walls and do all kinds of different stuff at different times. So he, that's a that's a possibility. Okay, let me keep going. Well, let me keep going. <laughs> okay. There's a lady that lived, uh, you know relatively close by. When they describe somebody as being a, a neighbor, I don't mm. really know how close they live if there's 320 yeah. acres between them. It's like but 10 miles. There's a lady named Mary Catherine Batts who their family was kind of feuding with the Bells. She was like the daughter of the family that was, you know, feuding. Mm. And her name was Catherine Batts. Remember back to the thing. The entity liked to be known as Kate Batts. Mm. So that's one interesting thing. Maybe this girl had some sort of vendetta because for whatever reason, her family wasn't as successful as the Bells. And, you know, maybe it's sort of like um, 
you know, a Yellowstone type scenario where one, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, this is our land. No, this is your land. You know what I mean? Well, do, like do we know do we know that when the entity said that if if Catherine Batts was was she alive or Yeah. Yep. Oh, so she, she was. was. Yep. Hmm. The other theory yeah, or other other Bell Witch theories that I kind of saw. By the way, these three aren't really technically mine. These are other theories that I've heard that people have. So maybe mm-hmm. the maybe the people were trying to maybe the slaves were trying to get freed and so they poisoned uh, Mr. Bell. Uh, the other one was the feuding neighbor, uh, Mary Catherine Batts. And then mm-hmm. potentially that maybe they built this home on indigenous grave or sacred ground or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. all of that. Okay, now here comes my crazy theory that's probably not true, but it's interesting nonetheless. John Bell, you ready for this? My theory mm-hmm. is this. John Bell had an affair with a woman named Kate. Perhaps she had a child at the same time as Lucy when Lucy had Betsy. So now, for fear that, you know, this is going to ruin his business, that he's an elder of the church and this won't look good if it comes out. Yeah, no. He murders the woman and potentially the child. I don't think so on the child part. Let's just stay on to he just murders the woman. So basically like a vengeful spirit. This is a vengeful spirit. She comes back. And this is where it kind of like makes sense, dude. She's not animal. She doesn't have any, God, just hit the mic like it was like, gosh darn. She doesn't have any animosity towards Lucy, which why was she? She doesn't have any animosity towards his older son. In fact, maybe she kind of found him attractive. She doesn't Mm. have any animosity to anyone else in the family except for Betsy. Because maybe it, her in the vengeful spirit's mind, Betsy kind of had the life that her daughter would have had she been alive. Now, here's I'm going to take it up to another notch. Maybe take it up a notch. Maybe the woman that he killed, who he had an affair with, was one of the slaves on the property, and maybe the love child, the bastard. Maybe the love mm-hmm. child is the one that's like sort of leading the charge of this sort of like, maybe it's not a vengeful spirit. Maybe it's just this little girl who's like raised up, knows the story because Dean kind of told her the truth. And then she's leading this charge for vengeance, poisons the man, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And I'm done. So that's that's what you think? I mean, that's just an interesting theory that I thought of. Uh, I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of Dungeon and Dragon writing at the time. And so... <laughs> It's not You're like and uh, I just read the watched and read the crow. So Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I li- I I'm not sure cuz again, there's so many different things that happen in this one. It's hard to pinpoint like a certain aspect right. and say, "Oh, I think this is it." But yeah. to me, it's just there's a lot there's enough sort of like odd qualities and descriptors of this family that make me think like, okay, one the spirit warned people sometimes of Mr. Bell is not a good man. The spirit also had sort of like motherly thing about uh, Betsy not getting married to that other guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, a, you know, a bunch of stuff that kind of like there might be something else going on behind closed doors within this family kind of thing. You mm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Or well, it's a time traveler. <laughs> or it's a time traveler. Before I get into that, I just realized that we we never quite explained what, what all happened with Andrew Jackson, how t- he tied into this. So, you know, President Andrew Jackson. Ever heard of him? (laughs) Ever heard of him? 
he owned property on the Red River and was planning to visit the Bell Farm after hearing like the story. So I think I think they they tried to keep these stories sort of under wraps, at least from what I've read. They tried to keep this stuff under wraps at first. So even up until like their hair being pulled, pinched, all that stuff, they they tried to like kind of keep it in the family instead of airing their dirty laundry. But then I think once it became a thing, you know, it, it began sort of getting around and, you know, people talk and stuff. It basically says one of his wagons became stuck by an unseen force and could not be moved. Despite whipping the horses, examining the wheels, and having it pushed by the, all the men in his party, he exclaimed, By the eternal, boys, this is the witch. To which the witch replied, All right, general, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. The wagon started of its own accord, and they continued on to their journey. That evening at the camp, a self-proclaimed witch lair, or witch hunter, which sounds like an anime, said he had a silver bullet and regaled the men with tales of hunting witches with it. Jackson whispered to a colleague, I'll bet this fellow is an errant coward. By the Eternals, I do wish the thing would come. I want to see him run. After which silence followed. Suddenly, there was the sound of light footsteps prancing on the floor, and the voice stated, All right, General, I am on hand and ready for business. The witch bade the witch hunter to shoot, but the gun did not fire. The hunter was struck by an unseen force, claimed to feel the pain of being struck by needles, exclaimed he had been grabbed by the nose and fled from the tent. The witch exclaimed, how the devil did run and beg. I'll bet he won't come through here again with his old horse pistol to shoot me. I guess that's fun enough for tonight, General, and you can go to bed now. I will come tomorrow night and show you another rascal in this crowd. Jackson was eager to stay, but his party had enough and Jackson would eventually return to Nashville shortly thereafter. That's Man, crazy. Geez, like, that is dude. wild. Yeah. What an interesting... Yeah. So, so, so uh, he, here's sort of my theory. So when I first heard about the story years ago, I was immediately struck by that initial sort of encounter that John Bell has where he sees the half-dog, half-rabbit uh, thing you know, mm-hmm. appear in front of him, shoots at it, poof, it disappears. Something about that, and, and well, what's funny is I hadn't, up until that point, I, ha- I had never even heard of uh, the way that it apparently like introduced itself, you know, when it said that it was like the, uh, what does it say? It's like, it would it, from heaven and earth and hell. Yeah, I am everywhere. I am from heaven, from hell. Uh, I'm in the air, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm in the air. The house is any place at any time. I've been created for millions of years. So I I had never even heard of that. I was just judging it from like, okay, there's all this sort of haunted stuff. And then they're seeing this like, is it some sort of shapeshifter? Is it like mid, you know, shift, if you will? To me, it, it felt like, originally it felt like some sort of like, and I know we lean real heavy on like, the fae and like fairies and stuff. But to me, it felt like that. It felt like an, a very like ancient old thing, like, like some sort of like spirit of like the area. So like an, a type mm-hmm. of like elemental type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, like even trying to like say this stuff, especially like for our new listeners who may not be into this stuff. So this probably sounds silly and 
when we say fairy, you immediately think of like the the Disney-fied version of a fairy. But this is stuff that like our our ancestors and our our friends over in the British Isles and and Ireland and Scotland. It's like th- these are things that were like very serious and very uh, and you you're really supposed to sort of approach this with a lot of caution like you know the idea of like fairies and and stuff that wasn't something that you just like messed around with and so you know and and you look into the witch lights and the and the spook lights and stuff i mean that's the exact same thing as like the will of the wisps and it may very well be the exact same things that i saw in my loft so i just originally thought like okay this to me this feels like an ancient this sort of like elemental maybe and again we 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 have no like proof of elementals being alive but for you know hundreds and hundreds if not thousands of years other cultures have like talked about these things so it felt like that from what i've like researched thus far it felt like that's sort of what it was in doing the research now though i'm seeing that like i don't know there's an element of this that seems there's definitely definitely like a like trickster entity spirit sort of connotation but to me it feels it feels really like um it it almost feels like it, it and this is going to sound weird but it almost feels like there's like multiple personalities it's like mm-hmm. you have on the one hand you have this thing saying that uh you know Lucy was the most perfect woman to ever exist on the other hand, you have like you know kids being scared and like pulling their hair slapping and like the face and- slapping them in the face. You have this other thing saying like, and the and the the quotes that like Andrew Jackson like, mm-hmm. I mean was once our president talks about like how it would these voices would just come out of nowhere and say like, well I'm going to show you this da da da. So it seems very like like what you said like with it being like a vengeful kind of thing. To me though, it feels. I don't know. Is this like a? Uh, I, I, well, I, I'm going to boil it down to this. Uh, okay, it, I, I when I think of this and all the sort of multiple personalities, if you will, yeah, I think of in the Bible when the man that was possessed wasn't you know confronted. He says, "I am legion," which means it was a man that wasn't possessed by one legion or by one demon, but he was possessed by thousands of demons. So I feel like there's there there could be, at least in my mind, some there could be there. some sort of tie-in with like all these multiple personalities, like this sort of, maybe it is like a demonic type attachment. It, or maybe mm-hmm. it's both. Maybe, maybe it is demonic, but then maybe it's also this earth elemental ancient thing that's lived on the land for thousands of years. And I mean, it even says I was created millions of years ago. So to me, it feels very like Lovecraftian. It feels very, Mm. um, but there's, there is definitely like patron. Yeah. Like old school, like ancient, like old gods. Yeah. Sort of like a manly Wade Wellman type thing. Maybe a little too, um, a little Neil Gaiman sprinkled on top. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I've said this before. Like, for my wife, it's like anything scary happens, immediately demons. And so, <laughs> I have a natural sort of aversion to that 
but there is something that that just seems very like like yeah. schizophrenic about this that that would lead me to you know the the legion character in the yeah. bible man that's a really interesting take that i i mean i didn't even um i didn't even think of there's i mean yeah. the fact that there well, could be so many different personalities um mm-hmm. man that's cool well and, and you know it's like all these like bizarre things i mean it, you know and of course you have to take a lot of this at face value to even sort of go to the next step with what we're doing but you know it, you know the slave you know it's appearing to like this slave and it like turned him into a mule it beat him it would show up as a dog with two heads or no head you know john bell saw it as a half rabbit half dog it's like is this like this ancient old thing or is it just this like sort of the god pan and like this like satyr type is it like this fey like ultra trickster spirit who's just playing a, a giant you know he's just trolling everybody yeah or she you yeah. know I, maybe, I don't know or or maybe it's you know uh, an old ancient power that was brought over um I love it I you know that stuff from mm-hmm. africa you know and, and mm-hmm. i mean maybe that there's a way like i just love the idea of these old school cultures man that mm-hmm. i mean of course it's i don't even think we have to say if it's unfortunate that that's the way that it was brought here but past that okay like mm-hmm. these ancient cultures that have these things that we don't know of in our own sort of history and culture right and the fact that like there's something that could be tapped into that man i don't know i just love that kind of stuff it's so cool yeah no it, it definitely is it, it's kind of like when we talk about like the indians or like indigenous people how everything is so heavily steeped in like oral traditions that you know unless you're you're kind of in on it unless you're you grew up within like a reservation or within closely within like a group like that you would never hear you wouldn't know about any of that stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely cool, especially especially when you say like, you know, bringing and that's like such a a Neil Gaiman American Gods thing, but like that idea of like these sort of like hitchhikers. They're basically, you know, he talks about in American Gods like on the the hearts and minds of like these like Scandinavian people. They're mm-hmm. they were bringing. They brought over Loki and mm-hmm. Thor and like the gods, like in their hearts and minds, mm-hmm. uh, into the new world. Yeah. And it's like there's just something about that that's so Dude, cool. And it's it's not only so cool, but it's also kind of like you can see the you can you can you can understand how that like theory works in a mm-hmm. way. Like mm-hmm. you're now moving a belief system and a and a power so to right. speak, to another part of the world and it's being taken, I, I don't know, man, it's very, uh, it's so cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, we, you know, we, we don't worship Loke, you know, Thor and, and the Norse gods. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about gaming is like, there's a ton of that stuff in American gods, for example, that like, w- you know, you don't know about <laughs> until you, right. unless you're like a student of Norse mythology or like any of those other mythologies, and cultures and archetypes that you just have never heard of. Mm -hmm. Just, man, it's so cool to like dig into stuff. And here lately, man, I've really been kind of getting into like wanting to learn more and kind of relearn 
Roman mythology and, and the Greek mythology and the Norse gods and just learn mm-hmm. about those myths and stories, man. They're so, they're, they're like, it's so rich worth of like oh, stories, yeah. man. It's just so good. Dude, I got to say, man, for all the begging that you've done for us to cover this, it's not like I was denying it. We just, it's just like every single topic that we're like, we got to do this one day. We got, I'm telling you, man, we got to yeah, do this one right. day. I feel like this was the perfect time. It just yeah. worked out so perfectly for this to be us closing out Halloween mm-hmm. with a historically fascinating story that doesn't just have its tentacles in the Hopkinsville Goblins story, oh, yeah. but also a U.S. president was involved. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's another one of those things. We don't really know exactly what's going on here, but I love all of these theories, man. And somehow maybe a piece of every bit of it is what gives us this incredible, spooky story. Well, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that, you know, there's a reason that it's sort of known as America's most popular or most famous ghost story because it's, you know, once you start looking into it, um, boy, it it is a an endless rabbit trail. And there's also a lot to do with, man, we, we just got, we have to make like a road trip to get up there. But the, then there's also a connection with like the Bell Witch Cave. Yeah, no, I, I saw that and I didn't even dive in that way because I, I figured. I, same here. Maybe we, maybe we cover that over on the Patreon, get a little bit deeper into it. Um, yeah. I yeah, said I'm Patreon, kind of weird. I think I said Patreon. Patreon. But yeah, we are, you know, sad to see you go, October. But uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it was a blast. And like Woody said, this was a great finale uh, to close out a great uh, October Spooktacular. If you want to hit us up, you can find us over on Instagram. Feel free to shoot us a DM or jump on in in the comments. The water's fine. If you have a story or an urban legend in your area, Woody and I were speaking earlier and uh, he just did a run through of all the countries uh, that we have listeners in. And man, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of mm-hmm. amazing possibilities of stories and folktales and urban legends in your area. Yeah. So listen, yeah. we would love to hear all that stuff. If you're nervous and you want to write it out, feel free to shoot it to that would be radpod at gmail.com. And, you know, we can talk about it on the show or we can maybe we narrate the story and and uh, put some cool sound design behind it uh but anyway we we would love to hear from you so uh the best thing to do even beyond instagram and our uh gmail is that would be radpodcast.com there you can do everything you can jump on any podcatcher you can leave five star reviews which we thank you kindly the most importantly you can actually tell us your story straight from the site like it records like a recording for us uh which is amazing yeah so we really really enjoyed the spooky season and we couldn't have done it without you and uh already gearing up for next year so we love you we appreciate you keep staying spooky out there and as always be rad that's the way it
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always said our future would be a parade of flowers, but now all that's left is a single rose. That's the way. Hear my throat just didn't do what? <laughs> was that my throat or your throat? Or was what? it the was it the bell witch, man? See, here we go again. Hold on, man. Let me adjust my mic here. I'm getting on my knees about to say a prayer. Hello? I can't hear you anymore, buddy. Man, I cannot. Hello? <sighs> what is happening? Dude, are you messing with me, man? Can you hear me, pal? Hello, bud. I can't hear you anymore. Hey, bro, can you hear me? I swear, when we start talking about ghosts, it's like... <laughs>